The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey there, thank you so much for joining us for yet another program here on Afternoons with Mike, heard daily on the Shepherd Radio Network. And with me today, Pastor Troy Schmidt. Troy is a pastor at Family Church in Windermere, and he's here today not only to share his life story with us, but also to talk about an event coming up called the Ten Commandments. And we'll just say up front, there is an emphasis on the word man that's appearing in the middle of that word. So, Troy, first of all, it's great to have you with us. Thanks for having me on, Mike. I appreciate that. I'm really grateful that you're here. Uh, the move of God that is going on in our country today, uh, there is uh, what looks like in many areas, the beginnings of what many have been praying for, a real move of God and we're praying that this event will spark something here in Central Florida as well. Yeah, you know, someone sent me something yesterday. It was interesting about Asbury College. Yes, big, big thing going on there. And, you know, that's sort of the seeds of revival happening there. And people are sort of checking it out, like, what's happening? Yes. Uh, of course, we always pray that, uh, you know, an, an event, a Holy Spirit event like that would happen at everything that we plan. But uh, the Holy Spirit has his own schedule. But uh and that's true. <laughs> so he does. whatever we can do to help that. But uh, there certainly is an interest in God. Let's go to the Super Bowl. He gets us. Yeah. You know, I posted on my Facebook page, hey, what'd you think of this? And wow, the response was amazing. I mean, there was a lot of heat that came from it. People sort of attacking the church and, yeah, and that critical. sort of thing. I mean, and then on the other hand, people that were grateful for it, people that were skeptical about it. And the only thing I said throughout all of those was, at least we're talking about Jesus right now. Yeah. And I think that was the purpose of it. So I think people want to talk about God. You know, it is interesting that the um, radical progressive left already attacked that and made statements that they just, they really don't even have any business making because number one, they don't know what the Lord would think about this. They don't, they, they don't claim to know the Lord. So I, it is so in, interesting to me to find out how people do react. And sometimes you get pushback from even people you wouldn't expect to get pushback from. That's surprising. Yeah, that, that is surprising. There were some people on, you know, in conversations I've had, you know, one of the things that, that I've heard was, gee, that $2 million, whatever it was, could have gone to other sort of things. And I just remember what Jesus said, you know, the poor you're always going to have with you, mm -hmm. right? I mean, yeah. you can do something about it. I mean, driving here, I had two people on the side of the road who were begging for something. You know, I I can do something about it right now if I want to. But instead, we sort of look at other people and, well, that's not the way to spend this money. Well, you know, they recognized that God had blessed them, gave them this money for a purpose, and they felt that their purpose was to create the conversation about Jesus in our world. And I think it's happening. I think it is too. And I had a chance a couple of days ago to have on my program Bill Eliff. He is the pastor at a Summit Church in North Little Rock. And that is a uh, a church that, uh, you know, he's been there. His heart has been for many years, the whole thing of what God is doing with regards to a spiritual awakening. He studied revivals. He has been in a couple of real moves of God himself for many years. And he drove over to Asbury mm -hmm. and spent a couple of days over yeah. there and then called me from, uh, from Asbury and gave me the report of what he saw and what he it was truly amazing. Yeah, there's, boy, I mean, something like that, when you're truly experiencing God, I don't, I don't know if I've ever felt that in a corporate sense. There are sort of whispers of it, I know, but um, that whole idea of repentance yeah. that is pouring out and on your face and hours are going by and no one seems to care, 
you know, when I planned this event, which I know we're going to talk about, you know, I was very conscious of the amount of time because I know guys are busy. And so I was thinking, all right, let's try to fit a lot into a short amount of time. And when the Holy Spirit hits, you know, the, the watches go off, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you turn your, your agenda your, changes. Yeah, yeah. Your phone goes, I don't care. I mean, it's just that complete and total focus on what is the Holy Spirit doing? I agree completely. And again, that's what we're praying for. And that's what men have been praying for. I've been doing this program for three and a half years now, almost four. And I can tell you that time after time, almost every time I've had a pastor on or a youth pastor, uh, this, this subject has come up praying that God would move in a particular way. And Bill described what was happening there. And again, I'm bringing all this up because I, I'm praying that God does this kind of thing in our area. And who knows, it might be uh, this event that something breaks out. Who <laughs> wow, would know? I appreciate that. That, that, that would really be wonderful if it were. But Bill described going in and saying that the moment he was walking up the steps into the mm-hmm. auditorium, the thickness mm-hmm. of the air, the presence yeah. of God hit him. And when you get inside... Everyone was affected. Mm. Everyone could sense it. They all knew that something was different. The air is different. Mm. And it was having an effect of bringing repentance, people wanting to linger there and just cry and worship and and be with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and so there would be people speaking. There are people singing. There are people praying. And then there are just lots of tons of times where the Maybe just some gentle music is going and people are on their knees just praying to God. Yeah, and I'm not really a history buff to talk about the Great Awakenings, but they all have sort of a similar pattern to them, don't they? And gosh, and I know you guys will remember Promise Keepers. And Oh, yeah. You know, in, in my life, uh, Promise Keepers, I mean, I was saved when I went to Promise Keepers, but Promise Keepers sort of took me to another level. And I remember being in Jacksonville when it was there, and we got there late and we we're up there on the top row. And there was a moment that I still remember to this day, just looking down on that Friday night and the worship of what is that? What did that place hold? 65,000? Yeah, something that, like that. That worship and that feel of those men and the power of it. And I was able to see the city and I was able to see what was going on here. And there aren't many sort of uh, mountaintop moments that we have in that presence of the Lord, but um, you don't forget them when they happen. I agree. And again, our prayer is that what we're seeing, what we're reading about, um, some of the subsequent interviews that I've had, uh, there are reports of these kinds of things breaking out Mm. in different parts of the country. In Ohio, there's groups uh, in uh, that right there in Kentucky, uh, different groups that are really being affected. So Lord, let it come and let this uh, be something that we all get to taste. Yeah. And I hope it's not trying to be manufactured. You know, that's the danger all the time. Oh, let's do something like that. And let's sort of make it happen here. It's got to, it's, it seems to be always unexpected. Right. And there are, yet there is a one factor. There is a factor that would be similar, and that is prayer. People praying, yes. people asking, and that is the prep. That's what Bill was saying, is that the all revivals were preceded by people really getting earnest with God in prayer. And when we do that, then yeah, that does not necessarily guarantee we're going to have a revival, this kind of revival, but it might happen. And I've found that we did have a breakout in the early 90s in our church, uh, 94, uh, here in Orlando, and it was a sustained for over a year. It was wonderful. We tried, you know, not not to manipulate that, not to, you know, harness that, if you were. We we tried to steward it, and yeah, we would have loved for that to have gone forever. It was wonderful, and yet it, that it was a seasonal thing. It, it it had an end that particular time. So we never know, and I think the trick is being open. Uh, and and uh, I say trick, that's a bad word. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the key is that we're open, that we are uh, sensitive to the Spirit of God. We are asking God, Lord, what would you have us to do? What should we be doing as leaders? What must we be doing as followers uh, in order to get the full benefit of when God stirs up the waters like he's doing? 
Yes. Yeah. Well, you certainly prompted me. I, I need to pray more for this event now. So <laughs> good. Put the pressure on it. So <laughs> Well, I'm not there are no expectations. We're all crying that. I've been crying this for a couple of years. I remember sitting before we ever even got into the studio. We were in a smaller office here in this building when we first uh, got the Shepherd in Orlando going. And I had a, a couple of what were memorable interviews with people who were just really in faith that it wasn't going to be long. And, you know, uh, it, that's, that, uh, we're still in that time frame. I mean, let's face it, a couple of years, that's nothing for when you look at some revival times, it's been years in the making. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this could be it. Hey, Troy, tell us about you. How did you come to know the Lord? Yeah, so I was uh, born in Cleveland, Ohio, left there about three, went to uh, Philadelphia area, grew up in Philadelphia area. Um, you know, I grew up in a church. I mean, the idea of the church was important on Sundays. I wouldn't say it was necessarily practice besides saying grace before we ate. That would always be in the home, not outside the home, like a restaurant. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't do anything like that, but you would just kind of pray. So that was sort of our daily prayer, I would say. Um, Did the typical rebellious teenager thing, went to college, uh, University of Georgia, go dogs. All right, there you are. Um, Went with, when Herschel Walker was there, so I got a national championship my first year there. Hadn't seen one since the last two, so it's Mm -hmm. been a good wait. But uh, it was the number one party school rated by Playboy, and I made sure that that happened. And I was um, very much um, not even, I mean, I, I know God was trying to talk to me. I felt there were people coming into my life that were trying to speak Jesus, and I was like respectful, but was more concerned mm-hmm. about what I was going to yeah. do next. Um, I've always pursued a career in my dad was involved in television was a television producer and director. And so I, uh, in Philadelphia, so I went down that path and was doing those things, mm-hmm. got a degree in Georgia, went to Los Angeles. So my friends were out there and I worked on a variety of different shows and as a researcher, as a PA and, um, just was drinking a lot and, uh, drugs things like that. And then I got, where would this be? This is in um, Los Angeles. I lived in Van Nuys. Yeah. What what year? Oh, um, I went out there in 84. Mm -hmm. Mid eighties. Okay. Mm -hmm. And just about a year into it, uh, I got a DUI and I Mm -hmm. sort of recognized that something was wrong because I was saying, this isn't me. I don't, I mean, I can do all those things, but I'm not the kind of person that gets arrested. And I was, what the Holy Spirit was starting to do was to say, uh, you're a sinner. And I was fighting that and I couldn't find any peace. Well, one of my friends from the university of Georgia, Jeff Holder, had just become a Christian. He had moved out there and he started talking to me very gently, nothing overtly inviting me to church and things like that. Eventually I was like, I'll just go check it out. I mean, I used to go to church, so why not? So I went to church and um, the church that was closest to us where I lived, which I really liked, was First Baptist Church of Van Nuys. And Jess Moody was the pastor there. And Jess's connection to here is uh, Palm Beach Atlantic. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was, I think there's a statue of him there. I don't know if I've seen it. Um, and he was at once the pastor of uh, First Baptist West Palm. He had moved to Los Angeles started church, big thriving church, amazing. He said a message one time that said, many of you debate the Bible, argue the Bible, but have you ever gone, have you ever gone home and to read it? Have you ever read it yourself instead of arguing it? And I said, well, that's a good point. I don't yeah. know if I ever have. That's a fair question. It was. Yeah. So I went home that night and I just feel what was the Holy Spirit, but just like, go get your Bible. And I was like, well, wait a minute. Did I even bring my Bible? <laughs> I, I mean, I packed everything else up. I had limited bags, but did I bring my Bible? So I went over and, you know, I'll be honest with you. There was a stack of adult magazines and under that was my Bible. Oh, wow. And 
I pulled it out. I, was, I got it in my confirmation, eighth grade. King James, red letter. Opened it up, Old Testament. Well, I don't know. I just, I don't know if I want to read anything old. I mean, old? <laughs> Is there something else, another place to start oh, here? something new. <laughs> so wait, what's this? A New Testament. <laughs> yeah. All right, I like new. I mean, this is the simplicity of my yeah. thinking. So I read, I started with the New Testament. Well, if you're familiar with Matthew, it doesn't start off with a bang, does it? Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know what the word begat meant. Yeah. Begat, begat, begat. Begat, begat, begat. And I'm like, what's, who's begatten? What's yeah. begatting all? But then I sort of figured out, oh, I think it means I had given birth to. I went, well, this is boring. Let me go to the next thing. Well, the next thing is the birth of Jesus. And, you know, all throughout my life, uh, Christmas has had something special. It was like the only time I think I was excited to go to church. Um, Charlie Brown Christmas always meant something to me. Mm-hmm. Linus. Oh, I think Sanger. a lot of people would share that. Yeah. There was just something about that moment that I just always remember as a kid, I would sort of tear up. And 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 here's the other one. It's, it's kind of weird. It's not even biblical, but it sort of is. But it's the little drummer boy. The little drummer boy, you know, the little Rankin Bass, you know, the little puppety things, stop motion animation mm-hmm. things. You know, he went up before the Christ child and plays his drum and his little lamb that had gotten run over by a Roman in a chariot comes back to life. I remember crying seeing, oh, me, seeing yeah. that. So little hints, little whispers. All of a sudden I open up and I start reading this passage. I started in wherever it appears in Matthew, I don't know, verse 30-something, and I read that portion. It's probably a column in your Bible if if you pulled it out. It's like a column and maybe a half, and then it starts Matthew 2, and it talks about the wise men. By the time of Matthew 2, I'd read a column and a half. I was sobbing, and I was on my knees, and I was going, Jesus does love me. He came to the earth for me. That's what Christmas is all about. This was... August, by the way, it wasn't Christmas at all. And and I am I am sobbing and saying, God loves me. And I remember I, I got up and I went and looked in the mirror. And when I looked in the mirror, face red, puffy, tear stained, the first thing that came to my mind is, who is that? I didn't know the person in the mirror. Mm-hmm. It, the, and then later, I went to the church and walked forward and, you know, one of the deacons, whatever, you know, took me in the back and talked to me. And I was like explaining his experience. And he said, well, you got saved. Mm-hmm. And I went, what? So you got saved. You, this, and he explained salvation and what that means. And then he said, you're a new creation. And then I was understanding what that mirror experience was, that I could actually physically look at myself in the mirror and go, I don't know who you are anymore. Wow. So that, you know... <clears throat> You know, I, I was, you know, sort of clunky trying to get the world, shake the world off me and sort of get into that church and, you know, met my wife there and we got married and um, we were teaching college. I mean, I was like a year and a half into salvation and I was teaching. And so a series of events, we ended up out here in Orlando and I started over at the family church in 1997 in a part-time role. That is indeed a great story, Troy, and I'm grateful that what happened to you was like a, it was a microcosm of what we're praying that will happen to many people in, in the country right now. You had a personal renewal, a revival in your own heart. God called you to himself, and that's really what the gospel is all about. That's what he wants to do to those that hear and believe. My goodness. Well, Troy's here to talk about this big event coming up the Ten Commandments, and we're going to hear about that when we return. We're up against a break. This is Afternoons with Mike. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years' experience, EC Waters is a top-trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, Call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? 
Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. With me today in the studio is Pastor Troy Schmidt. Troy is from the Family Church in Windermere, and it's the Windermere campus. They're hosting a men's event coming up called the Ten Commandments, and I did that on purpose. They've got the word man emphasized by caps in, in the title. Uh, Troy's been telling us about his life, about his call, how he came to experience personal renewal, and how he ended up uh, being uh, right there in that church, teaching, actually, and and then meeting his wife. And you've had quite the route that took you through California, Van Nuys area, on now into Orlando. And how did you get involved with this particular church? So we came out here, uh, packed up all of our stuff, drove from Los Angeles to here, uh, didn't know anybody, my wife. We had two young sons at the time. I was working on a Disney show called the Mickey Mouse Club, and I was a writer for one season. We only expected to be here for one season and then go back and pick up our life in Los Angeles. The uh, people there said, hey, would you stay for another season, another season, and spending being there for three seasons. And then next thing you knew, we had another son, uh, we found this church. We had Florida driver's license, and we were here to stay. Okay. And so while we were here, somebody back in Los Angeles said, hey, you need to check out this church. This was in Los Angeles. They said, you need to check out, check out this church in Windermere. And we were down in Kissimmee. We went, what's a Windermere? Drove up, immediately said, we were like this church. But let's go check out. 15 more churches <laughs> and um, we just kind of circled back and went, you know what? We really had a great experience at that one. Now at the time it was called first Baptist church, Windermere. Mm -hmm. And it was sort of just a singular church with a couple services, right? I attended a uh, wedding there when oh, it was that. Yeah. yeah. And you know, but we had our pastors and Chuck Carter, who's a part of this event was one of them that came in and just said, we need to, need to grow. We need to get to other campuses. There are other people out in other areas that we can reach. And so it became this five campus, um, um, structure that we were part of. I, when I went there, I just, I got brought me to a point where I couldn't find any work and I was struggling work wise. He just put me in the desert for a little while. And so then as a result, the church found out and my small group that I was teaching had grown to about 70 or so in the gym. And they just said, well, you seem to be doing something with young, young adults. I was a young adult at one time. And they said, uh, why don't you come on staff and see if you can get other young adult things going? I said, okay, but part-time because I still want to write. They said, that's fine. So, you know, I was director of young adults at the time. And then I became like director of singles and then home groups mm -hmm. and campus and uh, media. It just, I think I've had about 10, 15 roles there. Uh, always stayed part-time because um, still pursue the writing career. So they've been very gracious and allow me to do that. Well, that's really great. And it's interesting how the Lord directs our steps if we follow him and we can end up doing things that we just wouldn't have seen ourselves doing. Mm -mm. And that's exactly what happened to you. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, talk to my wife, too, and say you're the wife of a pastor. I mean, we were just talking about that yesterday, in fact, <laughs> just going. How did that happen? What, what are you talking about? In fact, even when you say Pastor Troy Schmidt, I'm like, who's he? I'm looking around yeah, the room. Right. He's going to come in here any second. It's a, it's a, it was a hard title, you know, from my background and everything, and you know, I still have a foot in the door of media and, you know, being an author and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And it was, um, it was a hard title to, to accept. Um, but you know, that's what God wanted. And so I, I have to go and bend a knee before it. I get it. I spent 36 years being a pastor 
And uh, I never had aspired to that before. Mm -hmm. In fact, I had told the Lord I wouldn't do that in my arrogance. Be careful of that. Yeah, that's right. That wasn't a smart thing to do at all. You know, how did you guys get involved with this uh, desire to put together a men's event like what the Ten Commandments will be? So I had this idea um, back at the end of 2019. And I started to put together the event. And here's how, here's how it happened. We were going to do a sermon series called The Ten Commandments. And when I read it, I read it exactly as you read it when it started. Man mints. And I just put the emphasis there, and I went, oh, that's interesting. Later I came to find out, well, the word men is in there too. <laughs> but you can't really say the king commandments. You know, so <laughs> we just put the emphasis on man. And, and I said, well, I wonder if we could get maybe 10 speakers together to talk about the, oh. the commandments or things that we want men to, we think God wants a man to do and to be. It's a Decalogue. There we go. A Decalogue. <laughs> I don't know how that title would sell. Come to the Decalogue. <laughs> and then also I was kind of keeping my eye on TED Talks. Yeah. And it's just a, an interesting phenomenon. And I read the book about Talk Like TED, I think it's called. And just the, the, the whole theory and the idea behind 18 minutes and how that's sort of a sweet spot between a speaker and people's interests these mm-hmm. days, these days, and how people have communicated some amazing things in 18 minutes. And so I thought, well, 10 times 18, that's 180, that's three hours. So how can we get like three hours of talking? Because men are busy, right? And, and if people don't want to go to an event, you go, well, it's Friday night, it's all day Saturday, and then you go to church on Sunday with us, and you just, some guys just go, my weekends are precious. So I thought if I could sort of jam all this into a concise amount of time, you know, it starts 9.30, the registration starts. They have time to have breakfast with their kids, right? Say goodbye to the wife, get in the car, come up to the church, have lunch with us. That's all we're asking. Be done by 2.30, get home, and cut the lawn. You know, you, mm-hmm. you can do that and have dinner with your family, you know, and start applying these 10 things that you just heard about that same day. And so I, I was trying to be respectful of men in that whole idea. So this whole, all this came to me 2019. I started to plan the event for June of 2020. Yeah. What could now, go wrong with that? What could go wrong right. in 2020? <laughs> so when March, when we all sort of went into hibernation, um, yeah, two weeks to uh, two, flatten the curve. Oh, it's yeah. We're, we're, Easter, we're going to be back. Yeah, right. And then it was uh, by the summer. This and, and and I didn't cancel the event. I was holding on to it, and eventually just went. You know what? It's not going to happen. So I started to plan it again, and I'm really trying to remember what happened. It was something like um, a hurricane or something like that. So <laughs> I went, okay, God, I hear you. All right, planned it again for this date and the yeses started to happen. You know, I started asking each of the speakers, yeah, I'm available. I'm available. I think I got one. No. And, um, it just really fell into place. And so that, that was the idea behind all of it. I saw the word man in commandments. said this could make a men's event. Let's have 10 of them, 10 speakers, Ted talk. Let's be respectful of men's time. And, but let's give them something really powerful for that, uh, that span of time that they're going to spend with us. You know, as a speaker, do you find that, uh, I, I think that would be a very interesting challenge, an 18-minute window mm. and what these TED Talks, you're right. I mean, they go in, the people who have done them, and I've actually known a few who did, uh, they go in, they're so prepared, they're so rehearsed, and yet those things, for the most part, most of the ones I've seen, they come over very organic, very uh, well-communicated, but they're getting so much done in that 18-minute window. Yeah, they are. And if anything stresses me about this event, I think the speakers, I'm really confident, you know, what they're going to talk about and, and and all of that. If there's anything that terrifies me is you can see, I'm looking, showing you this right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Every minute oh my is gosh. planned. That's it. <laughs> Throughout it. it's it, my, my host, Nick Gells, knows you got two minutes 
to get them off the stage to introduce them. Yeah. And then you get off the stage and they get on the stage and then they get so I mean I have it down to that. So I know right. pastors. Yeah. <laughs> Eighteen minutes is is hard. Many of them are, yeah. are really sort of seeing the challenge and sort of accepting the challenge and say, let me see if I can do this. Cause some of them have 30 minutes and when they go to yeah. 31, the tech team gets all crazy. Uh, others have 45 in their services and everything. And they're great at it. I'm not saying they're not, but this is a challenge to them too. So mm-hmm. we're going to see how this turns out. You know, I'm thinking right now of an old adage as a musician that says you know, a lot of people think, that you practice your instrument until you can get it right. But a pro doesn't do that. Really? A pro practices until he can't do it wrong. Oh, wow. And I think that is a real good thought about putting things together. We have to be comfortable when you're aiming to challenge yourself to lead a conference, especially one with a time frame that is as stringent as that. You have to just have it all down in your heart until you know exactly what's going to happen. And you, it, it won't go wrong. And, and that, now yeah, I know we can't control so. everything, but no. that's the idea. That's the goal. And look, if the Holy Spirit shows up and revival breaks out, you know, we'll, we'll put the agenda aside. But, um, you know, time is a, an important commodity, you know, with people. And, uh, and I always wanted to, I wanted to emphasize that in this event that we're going to have you in at this point and we're going to have you out and then you'll be able to go and enjoy your weekend because um, it, we only have well, we only have a certain amount of time on this planet. But with everything going on, you find that most people find their stress point to be time mm-hmm. and trying to make things happen. But God can work within any time frame, right? And so we're we're expecting expecting that to happen. There's something powerful to happen within 18 minutes times 10. Well, tell us about these 10 speakers. Yeah. So. If, you know, three of them are from our church. So um, Chuck Carter is our lead pastor. Charles Cooper is mm. at our East Winter Garden. Yeah, he's, he's known by many people, very dynamic. Been up here. Yeah. yeah, good, good. Angel Garcia is sort of new to our staff last um, year or two. He showed up during uh, COVID time. Very dynamic. His services are growing. People really, really like him. Young, energetic. And so, um, so I've asked them, and then the other speakers are people that, uh, some of them like Josh Taylor, I've known for a long time. He's over at Do Good Farms. Uh, He's other, a great uh, guy. Yeah. yeah. And he, he and some others spoke at Ironman, which um, I've been starting to attend the last uh, couple years, and going to their events, and they have these connect moments where a lot of like hundred guys all come together on a Friday morning at 7 a.m. and hear these speakers. And these guys have shown up. So I had known about Chris Denbeston and his books. I had mm-hmm. back when he was talking about Shine. Shine. Talking yeah. about his daughter and what she right. went through. It was just yeah. powerful. But Wes Beecham, it was the first time I had heard him in it. Brian Broadway, the first time I had heard him. And so I went, well, I like these guys and I like, I like the way they communicate. And so I've asked them to be a part of it. Marcio Pacheco's over at the crossings. He's been in and out of my life. For, I don't know, 20 some years. I've just always enjoyed him. He's got a great ministry now at the crossings. Uh, David Ogden, chief mm-hmm. of police. We're right there in right. Windermere. We have a great relationship um, with the police force at our, at our, at our place. David's part of our church. Oh, he's a great guy and too. Been up here as well. He, he, his, he just makes things happen. So many people say, you know what? Dave Ogden invited me to this or I'm all here because of David Ogden. That name just constantly resonates. When he said he would be a part of this, I was like, that's a confirmation. And then the other one was David Hill. Oh, great guy. Um, I, I don't, we don't have enough bandwidth to talk about David and, and all that he's done. But the, the Iron Man of God has been very impactful for me the last couple of years. And he's just been so gracious in the connections he has. I'll say something to him. In fact, I'm here today because he went, oh, I think in five minutes he had us connected and boom, we're talking yeah. right now. Yeah. So right. he's that kind of guy. And his 
his expertise and his openness and his honesty and his transparency and his integrity is just so important. So all these speakers here have had some sort of impact. I've had, whether I've heard them speak or just because of my relationship with them. Um, so that's why they're all here. And mm-hmm. I think I can't believe I have this lineup. <laughs> that's quite a lineup. And you're talking about some pretty big names there that have influenced Central Florida in a great way. Uh, we've got a couple of minutes before the next break. Uh, you've mentioned this 18-minute kind of window where everything is going to be tightly run. Uh, the themes of, of these, are each of them taking a different commandment? Is that the idea? Yeah, so we we, we sort of um, we started with that sort of idea that uh, you take no other gods before me, you take no false idols, you said, don't use my name in vain. We started with that. But then I realized... You know, I'm, I'm going to give them a little more flexibility that they can talk about whatever it is they want to talk about. So some of them have have done exactly that, talking about telling the truth. Others, you know, Cooper's saying, don't go there. That's about adultery, like in your mind mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. But um, Dave Ogden's going to talk about building teams. Um, West Beach, and we're talking about family first, which is, you know... Some deviations of the actual ten. Yeah, marriage and that sort mm-hmm. of thing. And then honor God with your work. Chris Denbenston's going to be talking about that. And he's, if you've heard him, you've heard him mm-hmm. give that talk. And so it's going to involve work and family and time. David Hill's talking about rest, which is Sabbath. So, yes, loosely along the Ten Commandments, but with some flexibility. Mm-hmm. And what would you say if you had like a one sentence goal? What would that one sentence goal be for this conference? Uh, ten talks, ten speakers, ten rules to be a better man. Well, that was too easy. Uh, you've already, there's you've an ellipsis that between down. that, so it's technically one sentence. That's so the grammar person, I want to say that. Yeah, right. Well, only a grammar person would ever use the word ellipsis yes. in, in conversation, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> so that's really great. Oh, this is so much fun, and we do pray that this event is going to be well attended. Uh, how can people get in touch with you on this event? Sure, they can go to our website, ourfamily.church. And then you go to the about and you click on that and there's events, click on the events. And then you go through a number of events, click on 10 commandments and there in the details, you sign up and you can pay right there. Okay. Ourfamily.church events. Ourfamily.church. Is it a slash events? Well, go, yeah, you can, you can do slash events Uh or you can go to the website and just click on events and you'll get to it. Got it. All right. Troy Schmidt is here, and that is Pastor Troy Schmidt. And this is the Ten Commandments that we're talking about on Saturday, March 4th from 9.30 in the morning till 2.30 in the afternoon. We'll be back with Troy for one more section of our program coming up in just a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike, and you're on The Shepherd. Palm Beach Atlantic University, Orlando, offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. My guest here today talking about an upcoming event at Family Church Windermere Campus is Pastor Troy Schmidt, and uh, uh, during the break, we were talking about the fact that the event itself, while it, you do have to register for it, and there is a registration fee, it's nominal. Uh, share the details. On yeah, that. it's $20. You'll get um, you know drinks and snacks and things like that during the event. Uh, and then also we're going to have a, a barbecue lunch. So we'll stop during Includes the event. Includes that too. Mm-hmm. Get a little barbecue lunch. And then, um, you know, 20 bucks, you can sign up online pay for yourself. You can pay for others. You can add people to that. And so great, you know, to take a neighbor, take your son. Yeah. Some people have asked about that. I would say, you know, think about it. It's a three hour talk. And I don't know if a middle schooler would necessarily, I don't know. Uh, but maybe a high schooler, maybe 16 or so, you know, may benefit. That's a really great point. I think dads need to always be aware mm-hmm. of these times like this where they can, 
uh, take their kid along with them. Maybe they are a 15, 16, 17-year-old son. And what better three-hour investment could they get than hearing these kinds of principles in a real packed-in, concise way? Right. You know, as a father, I had three boys. Uh, Well, had three boys, but they're men, and they're talking to their own kids now. But um, I always welcomed that opportunity when I would tell them things, and they go, yeah, right, you're my dad. You know, mm-hmm. you're supposed to say those things. And then they'd get another voice come in and say the same exact thing that oh, I said. That, yeah, it drives you crazy. And I'd sit over there going, I told mm. you so. <laughs> yeah. Right? Or why didn't you hear it from me? Yeah, yeah, right. I told you that over and over again, but this person says it once and you go, you know what? I need to do that. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know what? If that works, great. And I think when you, if you come to this event, you're going to hear a lot of different voices speaking into your son and will probably confirm some of the things that you've already said to right. him. I agree. And uh, that sounds like a real great reason to do just that. Take your children with you, your, your young men, and let them be exposed to men who are doing it and talking uh, about truth. You know, one of the things I want to transition now in this segment to talk with you about, Troy, is the fact that our culture, it's in everyone's face right now. And we can't even watch a Super Bowl game without the halftime uh, just being, uh, you know, or if you watch the Grammys recently, even worse kind of uh, presentation made. And it, it seems as if there's so much out there to try to sway young people to think that this this kind of behavior, this kind of action, this kind of uh, activities, they're all okay. And the Bible would have strong words to say no to that. And yet a lot of men are just not... Uh, maybe asserting themselves, maybe that's the right word, in their families. This is the time where men need, need to step up. Believers need to step up, right? Yeah, you know, um, it's a, it just seems like, I mean, I've only been on the planet 60 years, but it seems vastly different from what I remember it before. Now, I remember Vietnam, mm-hmm. and, and, and I remember, I mean, a little bit of hippie, a little bit of revolution. And I'm sure the people at the time, they thought, oh, this is the end times. Yeah. Right. Uh, That seems so lame compared to where we're at now, doesn't it? The, the descent, the natural descent into darkness is to be expected. It's hard to see it, but what did we start to show talking about these little pockets, right? Are Mm -hmm. happening. And so Mm -hmm. the pendulum has swung so far into darkness. But what is God doing? I mean, he's ready for it to swing so far into light. And so maybe this is an exciting time. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want to miss it. You know, so what can you do to start to begin to make these whispers a little louder to get that voice of God more in your family, more in your community, more in your church? than it's ever been before because, you know, I mean, God isn't throwing his hands up going, well, I don't know what to do about this. This right. is too much. He is saying, okay, you ready? <laughs> a part of my morning routine is listening to Al Mohler's briefing. Yeah. I don't know if you do that or not, but it, I, I really enjoy it. And we were, he was talking about this very thing, and I, you, you feel like you're in a discussion when you listen to this man. I mean, he really... Uh, he's just an amazing communicator, but he's talking about the fact that what you just mentioned is so true that young people today, and and a lot of people will say, oh, it's just as bad today as it always has been. And I, I think there's many who would beg to differ that our kids today are facing some things that you and I did not have to face. Now we did have, and what Al talked about today was the transition period known as, uh, uh, you know, the young people, when when they are going through adolescence and they go through these awkward years and trying years and difficult years, and even the beginnings of the term adolescence, where did that come from? Uh, but one thing that during adolescence, during that season when I was young, we didn't have to question gender. That, you know, whether you were indeed a, a boy or a girl, that was that was a known thing. And now I would contend it is still a known thing. Yeah. 
and uh, all of this hoopla that is out there, and they're making a big attempt. Oh my goodness, the media is on all, they're on all call right now to try to do everything they can do to make us all believe that this has been this way all along. Well, isn't that just God? I mean, he took the Israelites out of Egypt and, you know, they hit the Red Sea and they were going, oh man, this is the no way. Yeah. And he goes, no, there's a way. And so here's the way. And everyone went, wow, I never expected that way. Right. So good point. It's always interesting that these revivals and things always seem to start at colleges because right now the Christian world seems so anti-college right? It's, it's, they're woke and they have an agenda and all this sort of stuff, but it's the young people at these colleges that they're starting to go. There's, there's a transition period, right? Because they're like the next generation, Mm -hmm. but they're the ones going out. We don't know if we like what's ahead for us. And so there is definitely a sense. It seems that, that God is working in young people, but it's hard for the church to, relate to them. And I think back to the, he gets us, I think the, he gets us was trying to lay that message out to especially young people and saying, he understands hurt. He, Jesus understands suffering and just, he understands hatred and all those things. He faced all those things, Mm -hmm. trying to make him relatable to that generation. That's where I think the church has failed because we've gotten very comfortable and in our little communities, but now we have to start to be open to people that maybe don't look like us or think like us, but get them in and begin to show them the truth, which they don't get out there. Right. The church is the only place to find the church, the, the truth. The truth. The only place. Yeah. There's nowhere else. So let's get them in. Like what this event's trying to do, what we try to do every Sunday morning, let's get them in. Let's be welcoming to them, loving, present to them the truth, because I think they are really hungry for it. I think a lot of people look at the culture. They look at the different institutions like schools, like what's happening in the job place, certainly what's happening in media, and sadly, even in sports. The sports teams have, uh, by and large, gone woke, most of them. And yet I think there's this forgetting aspect that we forget that one person plus God is the majority. And I love that illustration that you just gave us about Moses taking the Israelites to the edge of the Red Sea, and they're all going, well, I wish, were we back in Egypt? You know, it'd be better to be making bricks without straw than than to be where we are right now because we're all going to die. And yet God had a plan that they could not have foreseen. Mm-hmm. And he's still in that plan making business. He is. And it's always the impossible odds. It's unbelievable. I think most people say it. I cannot believe that a revival would break out at, at 2023 or 2024. I mean, it's just, we're so far gone. I mean, we're, we're expecting more for Jesus to return than for anybody for revival to break out, mm-hmm. right? I mean, mm-hmm. when you agree that we're I just, would, yeah, yeah, Jesus is coming tomorrow, today, hopefully by you know after I would lunch. love it, yeah, yeah, let's do it, and we're ready to just sort of wipe our hands and just say if we're done. Uh, who are we to say that? Right. Well, we're not done until he says we're done. That's, right. that's for sure. And another thing for sure is until he says we're done, we are to be witnesses for him. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're doing through this event. You're calling men. Brother, I think this is a fantastic idea that God has given you. Calling men to that very beginning thing. And going back to your early testimony when you said, I'm not sure I want to read something old. Uh, How good of God to give us in the Old Testament these wonderful principles that are still so important today in in our life as in the new Testament, if you will, in the new covenant as believers, that's still important. I would say I, I love the old Testament now. So I want to, I want to make a disclaimer for the old (laughs) Testament. The old Testament is awesome. Yeah. And it's, uh, there's so much goodness and and richness in it. And obviously it's all pointing to the new, Mm -hmm. it's all pointing to Jesus. It's all pointing to today. You see, you see where we're at today very clearly in the Bible. Right. It's not new to God. Right. It's, it's, he understands it. He, f- he, was, he was the remedy for everything they went through 
back in the time of Isaiah, just as much as he's the remedy of that we need today. Mm-hmm. So, um, so read your Old Testament, people. I, I really love that old saying, and I know you've probably heard this as well. The New Testament is in the Old Concealed. The Old Testament is in the New Testament Revealed. Uh, yeah. That's a great understanding, yeah. and it's all the Word of God. It's all inspired, infallible, and so helpful to every man today, every woman, every boy, and every girl. Regardless of the labels that our new culture right now is trying to put upon us all, there is still hope because there is still truth. Hey, Troy, uh, give us the information one more time about the Ten Commandments. Yeah, it's um, going to be on Saturday, March 4th, 9.30 to 2.30 at the Family Church, Windermere Campus. That's 300 Main Street in Windermere. The It's $20, which you get... Uh, coffee, snacks, food, those sort of things, and a barbecue lunch. You'll um, have a couple breaks during that time. You'll be hearing from 10 speakers who I think, man, are, they're men of God. They know how to communicate, and they're going to communicate things well that we need to hear today as men living in this world. Boy, I agree completely. Troy Schmidt, he is the pastor at the Family Church, the Windermere Campus, and uh, this event is going to take place. One more time for your details here. Saturday, March the 4th. It begins at 9.30 in the morning. We'll be over by 2.30 in the afternoon. Ten speakers with basically ten rules that will help us. Ten principles from God's word that will help us be the men of God that we need to be in a culture such as what we find ourselves in today. Uh, Troy, thank you for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was great. We'll have to have you back up here. Uh, enjoy your stories. Glad that you have made that trip from one coast, the West Coast, or as some people say the left coast, over to Florida, which is the great free state of Florida. It is. <laughs> We're glad to have you here. And uh, friends, thank you for joining with us today as well. We'll see you the next time right here on Afternoons with Mike. <music> 